Hello from Tokyo in early spring. I am a Buddhist living in Japan. I would like to share with you the main points of the Buddhist scriptures. This podcast contains parables and simple expressions which represent the essence of the sutras he true teachings of the Shakyamuni Buddha, the founder of Buddhism. I sincerely hope that this podcast will provide you with guidance in your encountering of the awakened person in daily life and provides you with fresh answers to your life's situations. Now, let's listen to The Relief Offered by Buddha. Chapter 5. The Relief Offered by Buddha. 1. Amitabha Buddha's Vows. As already explained, people always yield to their worldly passions, repeating sin after sin, and carry burdens of intolerable acts, unable of their own wisdom or of their own strength to break these habits of greed and indulgence. If they are unable to overcome and remove worldly passions, how can they expect to realize their true nature of Buddhahood? Buddha, who thoroughly understood human nature, had great sympathy for men and made a vow that he would do everything possible, even at the cost of great hardship to himself, to relieve them of their fears and sufferings. To effect this relief he manifested himself as a bodhisattva in the immemorable past and made the following ten vows. A. Thought I attain Buddhahood, I shall never be complete until everyone in my land is certain of entering Buddhahood and gaining enlightenment. B. Though I attain Buddhahood, I shall never be complete until my affirming light reaches all over the world. C. Though I attain Buddhahood, I shall never be complete until my life endures through the ages and saves innumerable numbers of people. D. Though I attain Buddhahood, I shall never be complete until all the Buddhas in the ten directions unite in praising my name. E. Though I attain Buddhahood, I shall never be complete until people with sincere faith endeavor to be reborn in my land by repeating my name in sincere faith ten times and actually do succeed in this rebirth. F. Though I attain Buddhahood, I shall never be complete until people everywhere determine to attain enlightenment, practice virtues, sincerely wish to be born in my land. Thus, I shall appear at the moment of their death with a great company of bodhisattvas to welcome them into my pure land. G. Though I attain Buddhahood, I shall never be complete until people everywhere, hearing my name, think of my land and wish to be born there and, to that end, sincerely plant seeds of virtue, and are thus able to accomplish all to their heart's desire. H. Though I attain Buddhahood, I shall never be complete until all those who are born in my pure land are certain to attain Buddhahood, so that they may lead many others to enlightenment and to the practice of great compassion. I. Though I attain Buddhahood, I shall never be complete until people all over the world are influenced by my spirit of loving compassion that will purify their minds and bodies and lift them above the things of the world. J. Thought I attain Buddhahood, I shall never be complete until people everywhere, hearing my name, learn right ideas about life and death, and gain that perfect wisdom that will keep their minds pure and tranquil in the midst of the world's greed and suffering. Thus I make these vows. May I not attain Buddhahood until they are fulfilled. May I become the source of unlimited light, freeing and radiating the treasures of my wisdom and virtue, enlightening all lands and emancipating all suffering people. Thus he, by accumulating innumerable virtues through many eons of time, became Amitabha or the Buddha of infinite light and boundless life, 
and perfected his own Buddha land of purity, wherein he is now living, in a world of peace, enlightening all people. This pure land, wherein there is no suffering, is, indeed, most peaceful and happy. Clothing, food and all beautiful things appear when those who live there wish for them. When a gentle breeze passes through its jewel-laden trees, the music of its holy teachings fill the air and cleanses the minds of all who listen to it. In this pure land there are many fragrant lotus blossoms, and each blossom has many precious petals, and each petal shines with ineffable beauty. The radiance of these lotus blossoms brightens the path of wisdom, and those who listen to the music of the holy teaching are led into perfect peace. Now all the Buddhas of the Ten Directions are praising the virtues of this Buddha of infinite light and boundless life. Whoever hears this Buddha's name magnifies and receives it with joy, his mind becomes one with Buddha's mind and he will be born in the Buddha's wondrous land of purity. Those who are born in that pure land share in Buddha's boundless life. Their hearts are immediately filled with sympathy for all sufferers and they go forward to manifest the Buddha's method of salvation. In the spirit of these vows they cast away all worldly attachments and realize the impermanence of this world. And they devote their merits to the emancipation of all sentient life. They integrate their own lives with the lives of all others, sharing their illusions and sufferings but, at the same time, realizing their freedom from the bonds and attachments of this worldly life. They know the hindrances and difficulties of worldly living but they know, also, the boundless potentialities of Buddha's compassion. They are free to go or come, they are free to advance or to stop as they wish, but they choose to remain with those upon whom Buddha has compassion. Therefore, if anyone hearing the name of this Amitabha Buddha is encouraged to call upon that name in perfect faith, he shall share in Buddha's teaching and should follow it even if it seems to lead them again through the flames that envelop this world of life and death. If people truly and earnestly wish to attain enlightenment, they must rely on the power of this Buddha. It is impossible for an ordinary person to realize his supreme Buddha nature without the support of this Buddha. Amitabha Buddha is not far from anyone. His land of purity is described as being far away to the west but it is, also, within the minds of those who earnestly wish to be with him. When some people picture in their minds the figure of Amitabha Buddha shining in golden splendor, the picture divides into 84,000 figures or features, each figure or feature emitting 84,000 rays of light and each ray of light, enlightening a world, never leaving in darkness a single person who is reciting the name of Buddha. Thus this Buddha helps people take advantage of the salvation he offers. By seeing the image of Buddha, one is enabled to realize the mind of Buddha. The Buddha's mind has great compassion that includes all, even those who are ignorant of his compassion or forgetful of it, much more those who remember it in faith. To those who have faith, he offers the opportunity to become one with him. As this Buddha is the all-inclusive body of equality, whoever thinks of Buddha, Buddha thinks of him and enters his mind freely. This means that, when a person thinks of Buddha, he has Buddha's mind in all its pure and happy and peaceful perfection. In other words, his mind is a Buddha mind. Therefore, each man in purity and sincerity of faith, should picture his own mind as being Buddha's mind. Buddha has many forms of transfiguration and incarnation, and can manifest himself in manifold ways according to the ability of each person. He manifests his body in immense size to cover all the sky and stretches away into the boundless stellar spaces. He also manifests himself in the infinitesimals of nature, sometimes in forms, sometimes in energy, sometimes in aspects of mind, and sometimes in personality.
but in some manner or other, he will surely appear to those who recite the name of Buddha with faith. To such, Amitabha always appears accompanied by two bodhisattvas, Avalokitsvara, the bodhisattva of compassion and Mahasthama Prapta, the bodhisattva of wisdom. His manifestations fill up the world for everyone to see but only those who have faith notice them. Those who are able to see his temporal manifestations acquire abiding satisfaction and happiness. Moreover, those who are able to see the real Buddha realize incalculable fortunes of joy and peace. Since the mind of Amida Buddha with all its boundless potentialities of love and wisdom is compassion itself, Buddha can save all. The most wicked of people, those who commit unbelievable crimes, whose minds are filled with greed, anger and infatuation, those who lie, chatter, abuse and cheat, those who kill, steal and act lasciviously, those who are near the end of their lives after years of evil deeds, they are destined to long ages of punishment. A good friend comes to them and pleads with them at their last moment, saying, You are now facing death. You cannot blot out your life of wickedness, but you can take refuge in the compassion of the Buddha of Infinite Light by reciting his name. If these wicked men recite the holy name of Amida Buddha with singleness of mind, all the sins which would have destined them to the evil world will be cleared away. If simply repeating the holy name can do this, how much more would be possible if one is able to concentrate his mind upon this Buddha? Those who are thus able to recite the holy name, when they come to the end of life, will be met by Amida Buddha and the Bodhisattvas of compassion and wisdom and will be led by them into the Buddha's land, where they will be born in all purity of the white lotus. Therefore, everyone should keep in mind the words, Namu Amitabha Butsu, or wholehearted reliance upon the Buddha of infinite light and boundless life. 2. Amitabha Buddha's Land of Purity. The Buddha of infinite light and boundless life is ever living and ever radiating his truth. In his pure land there is no suffering and no darkness, and every hour is passed in joy, therefore, it is called the land of bliss. In the midst of this land there is a lake of pure water, fresh and sparkling, whose waves lap softly on shores of golden sands. Here and there are huge lotus blossoms as large as chariot wheels of many and various lights and colors, blue lights from blue color, yellow for yellow, red for red, white for white, whose fragrance fills the air. At different places on the margin of the lake there are pavilions decorated with gold and silver, lapis lazuli and crystal, with marble steps leading down to the water's edge. At other places there are parapets and balustrades hanging over the water and enclosed with curtains and networks of precious gems, and in between there are groves of spices trees and flowering shrubs. The ground is shining with beauty and the air is vibrant with celestial harmonies. Six times during the day and night, delicately tinted flower petals fall from the sky and people gather them and carry them in flower vessels to all the other Buddha lands and make offerings of them to the myriad Buddhas. In this wondrous land there are many birds. There are snow-white storks and swans, and gaily-colored peacocks and tropical birds of paradise, and flocks of little birds, softly singing. In the Buddha's pure land these sweetly singing birds are voicing Buddha's teachings and praising his virtues. Whoever hears and listens to the music of these voices, listens to the Buddha's voice and awakens to a newness of faith, joy and peace in fellowship with the brotherhood of followers everywhere. Soft zephyrs pass through the trees of that pure land and stir the fragrant curtains of the pavilions and pass away in sweet cadences of music. People hearing faint echoes of this heavenly music think of the Buddha, of the Dharma teaching, and of the Samgha Brotherhood. All these excellences are but reflections of the pure land. Why is Buddha in this land called Amitabha, indicating the Buddha of infinite light and boundless life? It is because the splendor of his truth radiates unimpeded to the outermost and innermost limits of the Buddha lands, 
it is because the vitality of his living compassion never wanes through the incalculable lives and eons of time. It is because the number of those who are born in his pure land and are perfectly enlightened is incalculable and they will never again return to the world of delusions and death. It is because the number of those who are awakened into the newness of life by his light is also incalculable. Therefore, should all people concentrate their minds on his name and, as they come toward the end of life, even for one day or seven days, recite Amida Buddha's name in perfect faith, and they do this with undisturbed mind, they will be born in the Buddha's land of purity, being led by Amitabha Buddha and many other holy ones who appear at this last moment. If any man hears Amitabha Buddha's name, awakens his faith in his teachings, he will be able to attain unsurpassed perfect enlightenment. Thanks for listening. Let me explain this story. The endless light and the pure land are what the Buddha and his disciples have learned. It is not a story about the existence of some ideal other world. The descriptions of the pure land in this podcast are all metaphors. They are the ingredients of our practice. We should use them as a means to attain enlightenment. One Mahayana scripture puts it this way. The Buddha said to Maitreya Bodhisattva and other sentient beings, the land of Amitabha Buddha is wonderfully beautiful, cute, clean, and happy. Why don't you all make efforts to do good? If you practice, the land of the Buddha will appear naturally, without any discrimination between human beings of higher and lower status, and it will extend to the limitless. If you make diligent efforts and devote yourself to it, you will be born in this land of the Buddha. If you are able to be born in the world of paradise, you will be able to break all evil ties as you wish. The path is easy to follow. And yet, there are so few who are able to go there. In the land of the Buddha, there is nothing that opposes the mind, and everything is natural. Why do you cling to worldly desires? Why do you not aspire to be born into this world of enlightenment? This passage from the podcast was excerpted and edited from Teachings of the Buddha, published by Bukkyo Dendo Kyoke. The name means Buddhist Missionary Association in Japanese and has an office in Minato-ku, Tokyo. They own the copyright of this English translation of Buddhist scriptures. You will have access to Buddhist scriptures translated into languages from around the world. Next time we will listen to Buddha's The Methods of Enlightenment. Goodbye, see you soon.